tell you a story. in the backfield. Russell looks, throws inside. Oh my God, it's picked off at the goal line. It's picked off by Gus Hitler. Intended for locking at the goal line. Oh my word, with 20 seconds left. I can't believe I did that. Hello. <laughs> what a lead back. in. Let's go, baby. Welcome to episode 20 of B&E Boston Sports. We're on, on schedule this time, too, On baby. schedule. Let's go. Our uh, final episode of the, of the year here on WQAQ. It has been 206 days since episode one was recorded back on October 13th, 2021. Ethan and I's, like, second conversation we've ever had was in this studio, and, uh, you know, we've come a long way, so just getting that out of the water. This is, unfortunately, the last no. episode we're going to have in the studio for a couple Sad. months. Yeah. Content's going to keep coming, though, yep. as it always does. Oh, and yeah. uh, we're just really excited to talk about, you know, the playoffs of the Bruins and the Celtics. You know, the past just had their draft, and we just have a ton to break down in today's episode. And the Red Sox still suck. Yeah, the Red Sox, good thing we're not going to be talking about them for a, a while because it's just terrible what's happening with the Sox. It's not fun. Starting with the Celtics. Last episode we were on here, it was a 2-0 series lead with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. We swept them. We did. We finished them off pretty easily. Made them look silly. Uh, yep. This was uh, a team that was supposed to be, you know, in the finals. All year. Yeah, they were know. championship favorites going mm-hmm. into the year, along with, like, the Lakers, too. Yeah, the Lakers kind of, were the top two teams. Yeah, that's hilarious. To so come out of their respective conferences, yeah, that's, and they that's, both... So didn't even advance past the first round. The Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't even make the plan. You know, and the Celtics were a team that people had counted out at midseason. You know, they were under oh, yeah. 500. I mean, at that point, you know, for good reason. I mean, yeah. we did not look like mm-hmm. we looked like the kind of team that if we were going to turn it around, it would just teeter-totter around 500. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, but then Jalen Brown, the energy shifter. Yep, the yeah, energy, was, the energy is about to shift. God, was he ever right about that? And look that, at where that, we are now. We're watching the Celtics. Game three of the Eastern semifinals. So the energy did shift. The energy oh, shifted, yeah. you know, all, all season long, especially during the struggles. There was, you know, the narrative to break them up. Mm-hmm. That's something we've talked about a lot here on the show. And, you know, yeah. the way they've been playing lately, especially sweeping the Nets in the first round, making them look like, you know, they shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Right. Um, it just shows, goes to show you that you shouldn't overreact, you know, to a slow start. So as Ethan just mentioned, we are in Eastern Conference semifinals against the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks. Right. They took game one in the Garden, and, you know, people started freaking out. It went from 
the Celtics are the title favorites to the Celtics are now might get bounced. Joining us in the studio for episode 20 is your special guest, Seth Bromowitz. What's going on, everybody? How are you? You are two minutes late. Four minutes late. I did tell you I was going to be running a bit late. You did. He is with us. So we got the full full crew with us right now. As I was saying, Celtics went from everyone, you know, hopping on the bandwagon saying they were title, you know, title favorites after sweeping the Nets to, you know what, Celtics aren't good. So it goes to show you how one game can really change the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, Celtics steal game two, and now it's a 1-1 series. And they made a statement, too. Going into game three. Right. So that's happening right now. It's our first game that we have a live, you know, in-person reaction to the game. The current score is 21-15. Brooke, uh, Milwaukee's up, but, you know, the boys are clawing What's their way the back. What's the score? 21-15, Milwaukee. But do they look okay? You know, it looks close. I mean... It's just a competitive so far? They're not playing yeah. sloppy? Okay. Yeah. Smart's back. Yep. You know, yep. it was, it's been a... Last game was Tuesday night. Is he on, like, a minutes restriction at all? No restrictions. Perfect. So, we've got the boys back. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean... Cool, baby. The, our first thoughts is that, you know, you, you sweep the Nets. Right. It's a good team. Yeah. You ride in the momentum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we played them very well, but, I mean, they're still a good team. I mean, Celtics haven't had anything to fall for the last two minutes. In the beginning of the season, like for the first half, they were up, I mean, in the top four of the Eastern Conference, I remember, right? The Nets were, like, playing well, and then just, I don't know what happened. But, I mean, they're still a good team. So the Celtics definitely made a statement there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Milwaukee series is going to be tough. You're going to need a lot of the guys to uh, continue contributing, which is yep. going to... I mean, we've had success against them every time we've played them in the playoffs the last few years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been some fun series with Milwaukee. Yeah, exactly. Um, certainly helps that Chris Middleton isn't there. Yep. And I know some people are going to say, like, oh, well, you know, if you if you beat Milwaukee, you did it without... Chris yeah. Middleton, but it's like, hey, man, you can only play who's put in front of you. We can't control what happened. He got hurt in the first round anyway, mm-hmm. so, like, mm-hmm. you know. Injuries yeah. are part of the game. Yep. Celtics lost Jalen Brown Yeah, last, and last postseason. Jalen Brown dropped that 30-point game against the Bucks last game while hurt, mm-hmm. and Smart didn't even play, so. And he was the defensive player of the year. Still crazy yep. to say that, but. Shout-out Smart. Yeah. Um, but that's a good point. You know, you bring up injuries are just part of the game. Um some of the guys that are that contribute against the Nets that need to contribute against, you know, the Bucks to have a successful series is first of all, you know, B and E's one of our guys that we trashed on very early in the season, um, Grant Williams. We trashed on him hard, like really hard. It was like episode one or two where we, we got were that tweet where it was like Grant Williams out. is starting, and you know we can't. We're gonna, you know it's on record, it's out there that mm-hmm. we were just like, what is happening? Right. Why is Grant Williams starting? And he has become yeah, he's proved us wrong. The perfect role player. He's starting over Robert Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, he was right, the four. It was, it was Al Horford at the five, I believe. Right. I don't even think Smart started at the beginning. It was either him yeah, or Schroeder. They had Schroeder. Yeah. Right. It was either you them know, or just I switching actually, off at the six. The team we had in the beginning of the year is so much different compared to the one that we have now. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we had Dennis Schroeder, we had Ennis Cantor. Uh, shout out to him. I met Josh him. Josh Richardson. Freedom. Josh Cantor. Richardson. Yeah, I actually liked him. Ennis Freedom. Was that it? Yeah. Ennis Freedom. Romeo Ennis Langford. Freedom. I. Yep. Um. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Did we have Carson Edwards to start the year? Okay. Carson had so much potential. We had him in the summer. I liked him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. uh, you know he went off in the he's from the Purdue, tournament, right? Yeah, he yeah. carried that team. Yeah. to like the elite eight, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, he had potential. He was a baller. Uh, I just think he was another small guard that didn't translate. Right. To we the also NBA. had Ryan Arcadiakano. 
most fa- over the summer, most famously known for the. Uh, he was on the Bulls, right? He's on the. He was on the Bulls. Was on the Bulls. Yeah, he was on the the Bulls, and he was yeah. the guy that assisted the Chris Jenkins game winner at Villanova a few years ago. Oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. That was him. Gives yeah. it to Jenkins right. for the championship. Right, and then they showed the video of the <gasps> old guy crying. Yeah. <laughs> and right. that ended that ended Baker here. So I landed Baker at a Baker Dunleavy at Quinnipiac. Butterfly right. effect is is real. So. Uh, <laughs> On top of that, another guy that we had to talk about that, you know, at the time that we brought him back, you know, people were really unsure about the move, and that's Al Horford. Oh, yeah. Al Horford, you know, left the Celtics to go to Philadelphia on a big deal a couple of years back. Was it a five-year deal, too, wasn't it? They paid him big money, which he's Four, still getting five, paid. And, um, you know, they shipped him off to OKC just because they had to cut their losses. You know, you do that sometimes in any of the sports. And, you know, he took a year off in OKC, and then the Celtics shipped Kemba Walker in a first-round pick. To the Thunder. And Moses Brown to the Thunder. I, Yeah, I liked Moses Brown. He I liked potential. Yeah, I liked him. We have him. Rob Williams, so it's, you know, yeah, that one was or the tough. other. But, um, I, who did we flip him to? Moses Brown was part of the deal to get Al Horford back. Yeah, I know. We, he oh, ended okay, up on the Mavericks. Mind. Okay, okay. Um, never mind. It was like a three-team trade. But, um, yeah, we, we got him... From something, and then what did we trade him for Al Horford? Is that what? Yeah, happened? we packaged him, Kemba, and a first. Okay. To get Al Horford back, which has panned out. Yeah, I think Moses Brown was a Celtic for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was Celtic, like not Celtic, Celtic but like basketball teams in general are just so like willing to move their team around. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it should be. Right? They'll be like it's always changing. They'll give up like fifty million dollars and like two first round picks to trade for like. Kemba Walker, and then they'll trade Kemba Walker and another first round pick for another center who they'll just cut, and then Bro. they'll do like a sign and trade with some other team. Sacramento like, it's has insane. like the same has had like the same team when they get like a good player, the team just looks the same for the next five years. Like who was on that Demarcus Cousins team? You know, you had Isaiah Thomas, and like maybe one or two seasons, you had like Rudy Gay, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you know now they have Fox, and that whole team has been the same. Mm-hmm. We got to shout out Grant Williams. Just took a charge from uh, Giannis. I think they're reviewing it. Giannis, they probably will. You know, because it's the league likes to, you know, favorite the uh, the superstars. They call it or not, gotta give props to getting in front of Giannis like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been playing like that all series. He's been doing a fantastic job. So Grant and Al are guys that contributed big time last series and have already done a very good job this series. Yeah. Al's proving he wants to be there. You know, he's he's being that leader. He's always pumping the guys up in the timeout huddle. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he looked like he wanted to run the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, we were uh, discussing this the other day, mm-hmm. how, you know, he could pick up a loose ball and he'd just beam it down the court and try to, you know, be Steve Nash with it yeah. or something like that. Like, he was really putting the putting the gas on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, like you said, the leadership, the presence in the locker room, you know, those are kind of unspoken things that Al Horford brings to this team. You know, Al Horford, he's got playoff experience. He's part of those teams that made the Eastern Conference Final. You know, he's been with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, in the in the postseason before. Yep. And I think just having, you know, there's video, they put videos out after they beat the Nets. Like, let's let's stay locked in. Like, you know, we just got a really great series win. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And, you know, I think just having someone in the locker room that's got that, like, different mindset really helps. So shout out Grant Williams. And shout out Al Horford just for you know everything they've done and you know exceeded the expectations that we put on them and the rest of the Celtics nation right. did. So, yep, sure. In general, moving into this Milwaukee series, there's a lot that we have to handle. Um, they don't have Chris Middleton, thankfully. You know he's put up really great numbers against the Celtics. He's a Celtics killer. Every single game that the Bucks play, he seems to drop twenty points, thirty points. It's every single game, mm-hmm. and I feel like 
losing Middleton is a bigger loss for Milwaukee than losing Giannis. Mm-hmm. That might sound rash, but you know now Giannis is forced to sort of do it all by himself. He's got to take the role of him and Middleton. Mm-hmm. And you know, I saw him pull up from three the other night, and I was Giannis. like, "That ain't going in." No, Gian- Giannis has gotten much better at his perimeter shooting. But he's getting confident. He was trying to take fadeaway, like post fadeaways, and like he's trying to work a little post move, uh, a post game. He's actually not terrible. I mean, he'll probably have a decent like shooting percentage from mid range and like a few in like a few seasons. Update: It was an unsuccessful coach's challenge for Milwaukee. Grant Williams did get the charge, nice, and took the offense. What what's the score update now? Um, it's not on the screen. It is 22-19. on their way back. Okay, perfect. Um, Let's go, baby. Take one in Milwaukee. That'd be huge. To kind of build upon what Ethan said about, you know, now that Middleton's out, someone else is going to have to kind of fill that role. Uh, Grayson Allen, Pat Conate, <laughs> and uh, George Hill have all become kind of that number two. George Hill's hurt. No, he's playing. Oh, is he playing? Mm-hmm. He is oh, Wow. How old is George Hill? He's got to be pushing. So that so that yeah, means that, Hill that, means that Javon Carter is probably not going to touch the floor then. Because George Hill is like Drew Holiday's backup. Mm-hmm. Javon Carter played pretty well against the Celtics, though. Yeah, he had a good game one. Um, you know, breaking a little bit of breaking news. Give me my phone. <laughs> uh, so Chris Sale had a setback in his recovery. Oh, I did see that. Uh, he's on the 60-day injured list still, but suffered a small personal medical issue that will delay his return. Right. Which means uh, that, what was he supposed to return in June? I have a guess what it is. Nat, what do you think it is? He sees how bad the team's playing. He's not trying to rush back. <laughs> That's, That's my yeah. guess. Fair. Yeah. That's my guess. If, Fair. If they were comp- yeah, facts. What would a personal medical issue be? Like Maybe he's got, like, he opened his wound back up foot and said, give me a couple more weeks off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah foot, 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 foot foot He's got athlete's foot. Yeah, he just yeah. went in there and snipped the UCL or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he started to, yeah, he went out and pitched a whole bullpen in his backyard. Yo, so what's, go, what's going on here? Look at this. Throw him out. Yeah, everybody listening. What what's this. going on over there? What's the name of the Milwaukee's coach? Bud? Bud something? Uh, uh, Mike Budenholzer. Mike yeah, Budenholzer. Mike, um, they're going to commercial a great break. Coach too. Uh, yeah, he's just he's ran onto the court and started screaming at one of the officials. Oof, he didn't, get, a, he didn't get his coach's challenge. No. So no, he's definitely good. fired up about that. Right. It probably was another co- um, controversial call. When you have a guy like Giannis on your team who you know makes a lot of plays in the paint, there's going to be calls that can go both ways. And that's something that's undeniable with every job. star. So... They have been, and I'm very thankful because in the past, you know, we look at them, that's a travel, that should be a charge, blah, 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 they're not calling it. So, you know, I think this series is really going to come down to, and this is like kind of the time where we can make our predictions. It's one and one right now. We're in the middle of game three. We're not going to be able to, you know, talk about it. We'll be able to tweet and react to it. But I think one of the key things to, you know, getting the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals is just watching the paint. Because, you know, you can kick the ball out as much as you want. I don't, you know, I'm I'm more confident with them stopping them in the paint than stopping them on the perimeter. Right. Like I'll give up perimeter shots compared to like in the paint. Like Bobby Portis can't eat up. I don't want Giannis to eat up. You know, you got to stop. Be Bobby Portis. Portis that would be a lot shoot, different though. if Chris Middleton yeah, was still Bobby, playing. Bobby Portis can shoot. Yeah, he was a, for his very short stint with the Knicks. He was a pretty solid three point shooter when needed. Was he on the Knicks when that fight happened between him and Miritich, and they traded Portis to the? Did they trade him to the Knicks, or was that some other time? Uh, Do you guys remember that? 
I, I had no idea what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. Oh, fight! You never practice? heard of this? Yeah, it was when Nikola Mirotich and Bobby Portis were in the Bulls. They had a fight oh, in practice. Them to the, to and the Bobby Portis punched Mirotich in the face so hard. You know, they shipped him to Washington, and then he went to the Knicks. The okay, next okay. Season. Um, yeah, he yeah, signed that was crazy. But no, yeah, he can shoot, and actually, he's been playing well this series too. Actually, the whole playoffs, he's done well. He's been he's been dropping a consistent fourteen, fifteen with you know like getting close to eight, nine rebounds a game. He's been doing a pretty decent job. He's been averaging almost ten in his last ten. Ten rebounds. He's nine point three in his last ten games. There you go. He's been playing very well in the, in the playoffs so far. Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday's the kind of guy. He's one of those. Uh, point guards who's amazing around the rim he's actually super good against the taller players mm-hmm. so i mean shutting him down at the rim would be a plus I but think he's also developed a great three-point shot over the years so i mean he's really he's good anywhere he might be like the best two-way point guard in the nba mm-hmm. and you know i'm confident that smart and him kind of almost like equal each other out yeah exactly. cancel out in a way it's a good matchup regardless yeah it's fun to watch um and Derek White did a good, uh, fairly good job against him uh, last game. Mm-hmm. So if we if we had to go down down the line here, and you know how many games and like what's a key to like the Celtics winning or unfortunately if the Celtics you don't think the Celtics going to win like how okay. many games and what is that going to be? Take it away. You, you want me to say if the Celtics either like, win or lose and then how many right, games I'll, in the me, series? Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. I'll start. So I'm thinking, I think it's going to go to seven. Because the way you phrased it, it made it seem like, what's, okay, what's, what's, what's your prediction? Moment? What's, okay, your prediction? what's your prediction on the series? What's the okay, prediction? I got it. My bad. So I, I got, I'm going to seven. I think it's just the series has been so close lately that it's going to just kind of drag on. You know, I can hopefully see them going back to Boston for game five, two and two. I think we drop one of the games on the road. I think and that's just, fair. You know, I think... As long as we grab one, that's all I care about. I really think it's going to come down to who can stay hot the longest because I feel like these teams can have like spurts where they just kind of go off and you can't right. do anything about it. Giannis can have his moments. The rest of the Bucks can have their moments. And so can the Celtics. So I think it's just what team can kind of hold on longer and then get by. So I've got them in seven and I think one of the my key is just kind of who can stay hot the longest and that'll, that'll kind of decide it in my opinion. I got Celtics in seven as well. Um, you know, you sort of hit on everything. It's, it's a very even match series as Giannis does not hit that shot. Um, <laughs> you know, Celtics have looked good, and last game they were on fire from from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when you can mix in, you know, you got your big guys of you got Horford, Williams, who still isn't a hundred percent, but is still you know, it's out there that that good player who's who's on the floor right now. Celtics haven't hit anything in a while. Um, there we go. Um, but you <laughs> know, know when you mix in. When you mix in your your perimeter guys that are able to shoot the ball, and then I know um, Derek White, I don't even think he scored any points last game. He didn't. He's been but, cold um, lately. But you know yeah, he's a he he's a cold. he's a good enough point guard where it's you don't. I mean the team's good enough around him where you don't need to rely on him to get points. Um, but he's you know he's good. He, he's above average on defense. He's able to dish the ball out. Um, so obviously you'd like Smart in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but Derek White did a serviceable job in game two. Um, yeah. So I, I got Celtics. Celtics I, got, I got Celtics in seven. Celtics winning. are down by two right now. It, no, it says on here that they're winning. Oh, it says there's 8.04 left in the second. It says 29 Are you watching the box score or are you watching the stream? I'm so, watching the box score. Okay, yeah, the stream's below. Right, the stream is very slow. So, yeah, what are they behind? 27, like 28 right now? They're, it's 26, 22. Uh, uh, at least on the best. Well, we're winning. Oh, 26, all right, Mike, 22. prediction? 
You know, I was going to say Celtics in seven, too, but just for the theme of being different, I'll say in six because um, it, you, you saw last game um, if they keep that defense, like, really hot, really pressured like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I see Al Horford run on the floor like that again, <laughs> I'm saying that they can push one extra maybe in Milwaukee. They win both. Imagine yeah. that, you know? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll say for the sake of being different, I'll say in six because if they if they decide that they want to up that defensive tempo and keep it like like it was in game two, then I think that they have a good shot of cutting it down. All right, and finally we got our unbiased. Oh, yeah, you can New York. Don't worry, analyst. you can think, you can think Milwaukee wins. By the way, like, I'm not I want to hear offended. the outsiders' view because obviously we're a little biased about how talented we think our team is. So. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. As, as someone who roots for a team with no talent, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I think it goes to seven easily. I, I, I think it goes to seven, but I do think the Celtics are going to take it. I think that they're just going to wear Giannis down. If Giannis isn't able, Let's go. if Giannis only has ten points right now, I I think they could keep that up. It's it's a very, they're having a very. How many do you have in game two? It wasn't a lot. They've it's been doing 16? a very good job with him, Something and it's Grant Williams yeah. and Al Horford now. Exactly, and if they could job. keep, and yeah. it, I'm looking at this box score right now. This is like an all-around defensive effort. So I think if they just keep that going, they're able for the Celtics so far. For the Celtics, yeah. If they could just keep that going, they're shutting this team down easily. I mean, Derek well, not easily, not easily, but it's going to go to seven. I think the league wants seven. You know, not that. Now, I'm not going on record saying the league has any influence on these games, but you can tell sometimes when they want a series to kind of drag on right. in a way. You know, right. you bring in certain refs who have tendencies. You know, Scott Foster. Scott Foster, the extender. The extender. The Rob extender. Williams is your leading scorer right now with eight points. Shout out, Rob. Look at that. Um, as I was saying on this last play, Derek White took a charge. Uh, Payne right. Pritchard went for the strip ball. Like, the whole team is trying to shut oh, yeah. us down. The hustle looks great. Um, I think they want it. I think they want it They really do. Bad. That's the thing. I would hope so. Like there's been, like no, but like in all honesty, we've seen some Celtics teams where you kind of question the drive. Like those teams with Kyrie and Hayward at the front. Like you know, you, I don't like. I see the passion in this team, not only with like the camaraderie between the guys, but just like the energy that they put forth on the team. You know, I think it's just nope. Somebody just got hurt, and and it's Jason Tatum. Is he okay? It looked like a wrist injury. He's still on the ground, so more to put come. a deuce. Um, but. Hold on, let me... I'm sure he'll be fine. I hope. Was he just like? Let's see. If he, like I think it's a. I think it's a wrist. Or it's, it's like not. He's walking arm? fine. It's he's it's, walking it's fine. his arm. It's his arm. All right. Somebody get the Twitter up because the stream's delayed. Um. Hopefully it's just something minor. Um. Maybe. They're about to. They're about to go to the replay. It could um, just be a stinger. You never know. Maybe here's, 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 maybe the, here's the replay. Here's the replay. A fast break. Grant Williams up to Tatum. Tatum takes it to the hoop, dunks it. Giannis goes up to contest. Um, I think he might have hit his arm on the rim. Here's the slow mo. What like a bone? Yeah, I it, I th- well, that's end one. He he did get fouled by Giannis. I think he just might have hit the rim coming, or he might hit the back. Hmm. George Blek Blekji, I'm butchering that. Is a Nesson reporter. He says he's staying in the game. Beautiful. So the stream is delayed. That's why we're going to the Twitter for the recent updates. Thank Here's God. the slow-mo again. You know, I think he just hit the wrist on the rim, or he hit the the back of the, uh, the baseboard. So, just like I said, probably just a stinger. Um, on that note, 
Yeah. Um, that could definitely impact the predictions that we all made. At least none of us said like Celtics in five. So, um, unfortunately, that'll probably be the last time we get to really predict the Celtics on air. We're gonna, right. you know, try to. Keep well, it. yeah, we'll have the content on over. We this have the time. content. You know, we've talked about doing, you know, some Zoom type of calls and just kind of put out some video content. Like Ethan and I did one call over winter break about the before Pats. the playoffs game. Yeah. Of course, um, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And I think that's a good opportunity for us to become a little bit more personable with our audience. Although right now it's yeah. just our parents. I think. <laughs> I think it would be if we can find a way to get like a. Uh, like a site that would stream it and we can like all be in a call together that'd mm-hmm. be like perfect I gotta add a there, lot we should be able to do that there's a, a thing where you can all get into like a zoom or a discord yeah. and then have someone screen share their stream okay yeah we can do that for sure then I mean zoom records the screen it's not the most prettiest background there's also some software I get a lot of ads for it yeah. it's like you know well I, I mean I, if, if we can like get on like we'll be fine there's we'll, definitely we'll technology. be fine I mean, with regardless the, with the pandemic everyone had some kind of online podcast that they wanted to do so there's a lot of software for it yeah if we can get on like twitch or something and just like record like a discord or something that, or like a server that we're all in like yeah something like that regardless hmm. we'll the, the content out. doesn't stop the radio yeah we'll be out, we'll be out yeah um you know transitioning to our next topic which mike and i discussed a little bit the other night during episode 19 which unfortunately won't ever be heard yeah, again. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Bre- Brendan and I uh, were here until midnight, and yeah, so we're recovering what we talked about. Kind of walking our way back, but um, yeah, we'll make we'll try to speed this up so we can sort of live yeah. live watch the uh, the Celtics and talk about some other stuff. Yeah. So the last episode on Wednesday night, Mike and I were talking about the Bruins and how they were down 0-2 to the Carolina Hurricanes, and they were really you know, getting slapped around. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how it's really hard to claw your way back from a series and how game three was a must win. And last they delivered. Night, they delivered. They, they played delivered a great game. Promise. Fantastic. They looked we, watched that, we all watched that game together. They scored yeah, on was... all, a lot of their, like, close chances. They did a great job, I think, of finishing. Uh, mm-hmm. They decided uh, to be a little bit, you know, they try to be too fancy sometimes in the offensive end. They want, like, a perfect shot, especially on the power play. You'll see that all the time. Is that they will just try to, like... Uh, whether it's like Marshand on the right side or Pasta on like that left, sort of near the blue line, but not quite. Mm-hmm. What is it? When they had that five on three, they just kept pushing <sighs> it to the left side. They oh, were Horford like, just yeah, and they were and they were getting to over get it in from the left side. They got they wanted Pasta's one timer, which I mean I understand, but they understand. were getting over and blocking the shot every time they did it. I think right. they did they it kept maybe two or three stacking times. that side while being as spread out as they could on a five on three, but they kept stacking that left side. Like knowing that possibly yeah, they had get like it, and then once a lower middle guy, and then our guy to play on that side, mm-hmm. and, and that middle guy was like sink, sinking to towards Pasta because he knew that's what they wanted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and luckily for them, you know, when they got when it turned into a five on four power play, they got the goal because right. you added another guy. Your whole approach changes. Yep. because you know you have another guy to cover on some ice, yep. but. No. At the end of the regular season, their power play was absolutely horrible. They went on like an 0 for 30 stretch where yeah, they didn't yeah, score tough. at all. And then yesterday they scored, you know, even strength power play shorthanded. Oh, that was so, that shorthanded was great. Uh, uh, great pass from DeBrus. Good finish from Charlie Coyle. Really, you really love to see sequence. that. We, they, we needed something like that. That was perfect. Um, but yeah, it was a must win game three. Ended up pulling it off. They actually looked really good. Uh, they seemed to sort of match the intensity. Um, mm hmm. You know, I don't know how long uh, Hampus Lindholm's going to be out, but hopefully it is soon because, yeah. you know, uh, the defense, even with them, you know, is nothing special. So we can't really rely on them. Uh, we're going to need the offense to really yep. do some heavy lifting. You know, a few guys I do want to shout out from last night's game. 
first, Jeremy Swayman. Yep. You, you know, kept saying house sway over and over again. I was I, I said it a lot, yes. Yes, you did. First playoff start, first playoff win. Houseway. Houseway, congratulations. Um not that Allmark was doing a bad, bad, bad. job. He game was getting one, a little unlucky. unlucky. Game one, he got very unlucky. Oh, there were, um, game one, game one there were a bunch fault. of shots that it hit off his helmet. It got tipped. It What's got the, deflected uh, out in front. Penguins-Rangers situation. Is it 1-1? One, one? Yeah, it's 1-1. One, one. Okay. Do they play today? Yes, okay. they do. I, yeah, they play what today. Do you, like, what are your genuine... I'm sorry, I don't mean to kill the vibe. I'm just like actually a little curious here. Just, uh, like, what do you think, like unbiasedly, how the series is going to go? For the Bruins? No, for, like, the Rangers and the Penguins. For the Rangers-Penguins, I think... Like, do you think that, like, realistically they they can get by them, or...? Yeah, I think the Rangers could get by the Penguins easily. I mean, well, not easily, because the Penguins, they've been playing rough. The whole situation... And didn't Jerry... Well, I mean, we saw it at the TV earlier, but he was warming... Uh, practicing this morning, right? Yeah. Well, the Rangers never had... really Didn't really have problems against him during the regular season. Okay. The only problems they had during the regular... The only problems they have is playing against the Penguins in the playoffs... So they've had it. Yeah. Like the last time they were playing against in the, they, the last time they were in the playoffs, I believe they got swept by Matt Murray when he, it right. was his first season. He was just replacing Mark Andre Fleury. Mm. Everybody was like, "What the like? What's going on here?" And I believe they like made a, a crazy run. But I I think that this game could go to six. I don't think it's going to go to seven. I think the Rangers are going to take it in six. It's going to be ve- the biggest key to this is physicality, and it's not really something that. Rangers fans have seen from the Rangers in a while until this season when they brought in like Ryan, Ryan Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. No, out of him with Jacob Truba. You know, they got more defensive defensemen and, you know, they have more of a defensive approach and I, I'm, I'm loving it. So I, I think this game goes to six and the Rangers take it. Okay. Okay. On the side note, now this is looking super far ahead. If the Bruins and the Rangers advance, we will get a little Boston New York rivalry. It'll be fun. Of course, that. it's of course it's after the radio show happens. Yeah, hey, I, yeah, but we can we can live I mean, stream Seth like and I a lot. Kind of close, know? so we do. We, we do. Start brawl fighting. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Who's better? Yeah, you, or you guys live close, and we live close. Right. Um, me and Mike will get into a fight. We too. live. Me and Ethan <laughs> live. Don't have a fight. Me and Ethan live about forty-five minutes away from each other. So we're like 20, 30. <laughs> Depends on how bad one can easily make yeah, that yeah, drive to the mix mass there on eighty four. Um, anyways, and vice versa. I think both of our teams, you know, obviously the Bruins are kind of clawing their way out of the hole, right. and the Rangers are just kind of going at it right now. They're chilling. close, but what? Um, it's one one, right? It's one one. Yeah, yeah, they so play tonight at seven. You know, I think the crowd at TD Garden. We've talked about this for the basketball, but I think the hockey crowd really, really helps. Right, helped a team. Playoff experience, too. I mean, Coyle, during his, his uh, intermission interview with uh, Yurskovich the other night, um, he was talking about how after a hit, after, like, a nice pass, after a good defensive stop, like, Forbert had, like, six block shots last night. Yeah, no, I think he had, like, eight, which yeah, is, eight, like, a yeah. career record for yeah. him in any game. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the crowd's behind you, and it really goes a long way when you're trying to ride the momentum. So that's been a lot of fun watching the uh, – the Bruins have the crowd, and you know I think it's going to be crucial for Game Four, just because you know you need to. It's almost it's almost an, a must win at every point at this series because yeah. if you go down three one against Carolina going into Raleigh, then mm-hmm. you're going to be in some serious trouble. I wouldn't mind them um, keeping the lines the way they were. Uh, it seemed that it did a good job at least for the home games. Um, but you know going into Carolina, I would you know rather 
that they switch them up just so that they're not giving them the same looks. Mm-hmm. But at home, I think that the, having the perfection line together will work. Yep, that was a note that we didn't add in, that the David Posternock, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchant line, which has had so yeah. much success over the years, is back together after pretty much the whole season separated. Which is something for that, good reason, though. I mean, I agree with it. Jake DeBrusque did a great job this year in proving that you know he can actually still play. Um, mm-hmm. He had what like twenty two, twenty three goals this year. Haven't seen that since his rookie year. That that was another thing that Ethan and I talked about um, early in the show. Yep. Was just he's actually DeBrusque would break out. <laughs> he's actually looked a lot better with the puck. He made a like I said earlier. He made a great pass to Charlie Coyle for a shorthanded goal. Uh, he's he's plagued. Very good all around. Something clicked for Jake DeBrusque in like mid November. Yeah, yeah, I'm was, actually like happy they that extended was, him. That was right when. Um, no, I think they just extended him just to a. They gave the him season. They gave him like a one year extension. I think it's to a give him deal. Yeah, they it, have him anyway, until the end of next year. Anyway, I think they're doing that because they're going to trade him in the off season, and that gives the team whoever they trade for more flexibility with his contract, so he's not in a contract year. No, that's know. no. That Ethan's right. That's why they did it because I don't know. I think they might keep him. Depends. It depends how this playoffs go because if they lose this series, which we talked about the other night, Mike, they're mm-hmm. going to blow it up. They're going to blow the whole team up. They're you really gonna, think so? Gonna, yeah, they're going to start. If, if, if Bergeron doesn't like Bergeron, if he a, says if he fine. says, "Hey, I'm going," they're going to blow it up. You think? Well, they're not going to blow it up. I think they're going to have a listen. It's Sweeney's last year under contract, right? Good, right? Good, good gracious! And you have your captain, your main man, Patrice Bergeron, hasn't committed. We can be to competitive without him. We can doesn't mean we'll be great. Doesn't mean we'll, we'll be contenders. But we can be okay with that. They won't move on. From, Obviously, we don't want gonna, that. They won't move on from Brad Marchand. No, but I can see I them. Know, I could see them trading him. No, I, I see. I, if you have to pick one, I think they're going to pick Marchand over Pasternak. If you have to pick one, well, P- Pasternak and McAvoy. And I would give her to Pasta. This is a conversation for another day. Is that there's Pasternak and M- M- McAvoy? You know. Our young guys are going to need contracts. Big well, contracts. Didn't McAvoy sound like a seven-year deal? He's a overpay for Pasta, though. They'll see the uh, that he had a almost fifty-goal season before COVID shut it down, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "Hey, we want that," and yeah. they'll they'll you yeah. know they'll give us an absolute haul for it. When in reality, you know, it, who knows if he'll touch fifty goal or, or yeah. where he was again? You know, we're not one to say. Uh, you know, he hasn't been that hot since then. I mean, he's had a good. He had a good season this yeah. year for sure. What was he around, hovering around for goals? He had at least forty, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would get rid of him. Listen, if, if I had to get rid of one too, I mean, I love both of them. That, that would probably not be their first priority. You know, this is this conversation we're going to probably have to talk about at some point. Is that depending upon how this Bruins you know playoff series goes, it's kind of Stanley Cup or bust. And unfortunately, if they come up short again, like they have in the last few years, you know, I can see them moving guys like Jake DeBrusque. Charlie Coyle, you know, Craig Smith, you know, possibly some of the defensemen. Mike Riley. Mike Riley, Connor Clifton. Like, I can see them trying to get as many assets for these guys now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of put the top line of Marshan, some center, if it's not Bergeron, and Pasternak together and just kind of go out there and do what you can. Do you think one of those guys could play center? You know, I can see, like, Studnika or like, some, like, young guy. He's getting first-line minutes. Um, I can see, you yeah, know, when Bergeron was hurt. You know. That Nika could get more first line minutes. Mark McLaughlin plays mm-hmm. a more prominent role. You know, you bring still up some Taylor Hall. Yeah, um, I can see them moving on from Taylor Hall too. Really? Listen, I think they're not going to move on for so many. I think ta- I think Taylor it depends Hall. Who's, who's, it depends who's the GM. If it's Sweeney, right. he's going to be himself and be conservative and make one move a year, and that'll satisfy the fans <laughs> right. like they did Lindholm this year. They'll get, they'll get a top six defenseman. 
they'll then they'll mess up the draft and then yeah i mean listen i don't want to have this conversation right now mike and i did it the other night and we got super deep about it because you know it's a different series when you're down 2-0 compared to when you're you know down 2-1 um but you know there's a possibility that this could be the last the last run with this bruins core and you know you see krejci's gone rask is retired yeah. Char probably played his last game in the NHL last weekend with the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, at this um, point, it'll be like... Just how it goes. Milan Lucic will be the only one out here from that team, you know? You know, I'm not going to go on record saying this, but I'm going to say it. If the Bruins get bounced, I think we all just become Calgary fans and try to see if Milan Lucic yeah, can yeah, get another not? one. Because, like, not? Johnny Goudreau, Boston College kid, you know, they're in a different... They're in the Western Conference yeah. as absolutely hey, no hey, impact and on Chuck us. went to... Um, High school with Tatum. And he went to high school with Tatum. He was good friends with Tatum. If, school, if, so. if the Bruins get bounced, I'm rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. You know, so weird for that. I like their color scheme. They're so and weird they're fun to the, play on the NHL. The Avalanche are so good. And my co- and my so cousins good. used to live in Denver. So Devontae's cool. Yeah, Devontae's. Yeah, which the Islanders really messed up giving up two second round picks to, to give them away. Right. That's what yeah. they got for them. Um, no, they have electric. You know, not that we're Colorado sports talk show, but Kale McCarr is so Kale much fun to watch. I'm rooting for show. the Dallas Stars you know, when sport, the Bruins are out. Denver sports are on the up, up and up. Rockies that first over line five, of, first line of McKinnon, Lance Scott, and Wilson. Uh, we might be beating Ronson Denver sports in Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I'm going to be the Dallas Stars' biggest fan when if the Bruins get out. <laughs> uh, da- I'm, da- I'm, a, I'm a big Dallas Stars guy. Oh my God, we got fans in the audience. <laughs> How we doing? Can they hear us? Can, can you hear us? Speaker outside. Uh, can you hear us? Live studio No, I don't think they can. They can't. No, they can't. All right. They can't hear us. Okay, they can't hear us. Whatever. Now we just sound like it. All right. Well, yeah. I thought they could hear us. So pretty much, like we were saying, Denver's on the rise. You know, obviously we don't want the Bruins to lose. But if they do, then, you know, we address that in the offseason. And we'll figure out. That'll be an exciting time. So in a, in, in, in a way. Exciting in terms of moves being made. Not exciting seeing like our, our boys kind of get broken up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, game four tomorrow, twelve thirty, T D Garden, matinee game. I don't know how that's gonna impact the boys. Mother's um, Day. Shout out Mother's Day. Shout out all the mothers listening right now. Facts. I know this we got to be any show without ten shout outs by the <laughs> before the forty minute mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, shout out moms. Breaking just now. Jets announced they have signed Sauce Gardner to his four year rookie contract. Nice. Fully guaranteed. I Speaking of mothers, I just got a text from my mom saying my dad's asking about the Kraken. Dad, if you're listening, Kraken are in the playoffs. No, they're like, like the worst they, team in the league. Bottom. He's asking. They're, abs- they're at the cellar of the league right now. So They're not, they're good. That's not what you even get for in the things Jeremy lays on over. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we want to move on to Pat's draft. Pat's draft. All right, so we got the path draft. Yeah, this let, was a, um, let Ethan run wild with this one. Yeah, I'm going to set you up, and I'm going to let you go to town with it. Go so just, just go over, like, the picks you like and talk about talk about Cole Strange first. So actually, here, yeah, what were your thoughts? You know, obviously, you didn't seem too uh, thrilled with the pick, well, but what was going through your head well, when so they made that selection? How do you feel since then? I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable. I'm, I can't stand college football. During, during the football season, I can't stand college football. I don't watch it that much. Right uh, when the I NFL, watch, like the end of the season and like the playoffs. That's right it. when the NFL ends, I instantly get get sucked into it, and I'm like, "Yep, I know who I want to draft. I know I mock draft this, mock draft that." And I saw all these big boards and all these analysts going, you know, Cole Strange, Chattanooga had a great um, Senior Bowl, probably late second round pick, early third round pick. And so I'm like, okay, he's more of like a third like a third-round player that we can get and, you know, address other needs in the first round. 
So then we trade down. You know, you get extra assets with that trade, and you're like, okay, you know, you still got Devin Lloyd. Um, no, they Devin Lloyd was taken a few before, but yeah, you're taken by who? You still got Nicobe Dean. Ravens. At least some. You had players that I personally was like, I want for the Patriots. Yeah. They take Cole Strange, who isn't a bad player, but I think not and, a first round talent. Well, see, no, see, that's what people are freaking out about is that Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, goes, all players are either overvalued or undervalued based off their media presence, right? So, like, for all we know, Cole Strange could be the best player in the draft. But people, since he was projected by a lot of these analysts to go in the third round, people don't consider him to be a first-round talent. Yeah, and then even when if that exactly You've really come around to like Cold Strangers well, first round, no, so it's, it's not. It's it's just the fact that it's the Patriots picks. They had twenty nine. They had fifty four. Yeah. And I saw a report that they wanted to trade down from twenty nine to get like two picks in the second round, mm-hmm. and they couldn't find a trade partner. And I guess they loved Cole Strange, mm-hmm. and they were gonna take him at fifty four, but I guess according to the Patriots, Cole Strange was not going to be there at fifty four. So I, I, if if the team loves a player that much, go ahead and take him. Go ahead and take him. I'm fine with that. They know more than me. I'm not going to argue with with them. Mm -hmm. If they think he's not going to be there at 54, take him at 29. That's fine. It might be a 30-pick overpay, but now you have the fifth-round option where you can get five years under contract with him. You can see how that pans out. And if you really love the player, I'm fine with you taking the pick at 29 if you knew he was going to be there at 54. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. I, th- I think... But that's the thing, too. Also, if he plays up to potential and he's, like, like you say, the best player in the draft, then people will, you know, in the media, they'll say, oh, the Patriots, they could have had him in the third right, round. Right, it's They people, used the first-round pick on right. him. Lo- it's, it's, you know, people tend to look... It's... I tweeted this out right after the draft, but... You go into the draft and 95% of people had no idea who Cole Strange was, right? Yeah. Probably. Now, you go online, in terms the of, day after yeah. the draft, people are like, I've been watching Chattanooga football since I was six. Yeah, I know everything about Cole Strange. I know I know everything about him, and I think... Yeah, I know where his family lives. Right. I know, I know his social, social security, security number. number. I know, uh, you know, but I know I think his people, license number. People focus too much on the Mel Kuypers and... Mel Kuypers. I hate Mel, Mel Kuypers and, you know, so all the ESPN Mel and the Kuypers, NFL Network mock drafts. Didn't he get one pick right I in the entire know. first round? And it anyway, was, uh, people focus the on last these, one. People focus on these mock drafts and take those for what every football team has in their draft board, mm-hmm. right? So they'll be like, oh, N'Kobe Dean is ranked by Mel Kuyper as the 20th best player. The Patriots must obviously have N'Kobe Dean around that player, around that rank. But if the Patriots went into the draft and they were like, they've had workouts with Cole Strange, they've had meetings with him, they were like, if they're infatuated by Cole Strange and he's not going to be there by your second pick, by all means, take your first round pick and use it. You know, I, I think the whole where people have him ranked... That's stupid. Every year, there's a list for every position, you know, top to bottom, who's the top one. And a lot of the time, those guys just don't pan out. Right. And there's a guy that, you know, plays offense that the Patriots selected over other guys because in the order of that position, the guy that we took was the best one right. pre, you know, pre-draft. And, you know, look how it pans out. Every guy after him is significantly better. Right. So if you, you know, you look at that with every position, you find gems, you find guys later on. And, you know, I think... 
it fits the timeline fine. Right. Cole Strange it's, fits the timeline. Right. It's You look on paper, and it's not a sexy draft. You take a guard from Chattanooga in the first round. You take a receiver from Baylor, right? You pass on to Kobe Dean, who was a linebacker of the year in college, who won a national championship, who everyone knew. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew who N'Kobe Dean was. And so on paper, you look at N'Kobe Dean. And he slipped to the Eagles, And he right? slipped to the third round. Yeah. He was like the 86th pick or right. something like that. Right. So when you look at N'Kobe Dean, you're like, that's the player I want because that's a recognizable name. Yeah, that's but obviously, Nicobe Dean had injury problems, and those were red flags for teams, and he slipped to the third round. And he refused to get surgery. Right. That one he was. slipped to the third round. So I just think it's a lot of play. It's, you know, you can grade people's drafts based off of the first seven rounds and, and see how those pan out for year one. But I think, you know, wait till they actually put pads on. Wait till they actually, like, get in the, the facilities and start practicing and actually start playing before you can say that the Patriots absolutely bombed this draft. It's very possible that the Patriots had the worst draft in the entire league. Yeah, but we won't say, that's the thing, yeah, we won't know until the end of the season. But you won't know until the end of the season, at the end of year two, end of year three. Yeah, it could you be can't, a while before we right? really like, call this class a bust. Right, let's see. I guess so. Right, let's say Cole Strange hat is like a Quinton Nelson type, and N'Kobe Dean falters and doesn't do anything. Now all the people that said we should have taken N'Kobe Dean, he, right? Like, like, they go away. Right, they go away. So, that's my thought on Cole Strange. First... Again, I, I'm not going to act like I know more than I do. I saw Cole Strange as a third-round player because that's where I saw all the projections. If the Pats saw him as a first-round player, so be it. Yeah, fair. yeah sure. Hence my surprising reaction when I was surprised. And I go, we got him in the first round. That, you know, but after more and more teams are, are coming out, and I think a lot of reporters in these mm-hmm. press conferences are talking about, like, you know, what goes into your player rankings. And, and you know, a lot of players... A lot of teams thought he was he was going to be an early second round pick, and if the Patriots couldn't find an early second round pick via trade, they took my twenty nine, and I can't complain with that because I don't know more than Matt Groh and Bill Belichick and Cameron Williams and and all the people in the Patriots front office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So I also right. just wanted to, uh, 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 besides Cole Strange, you know, who are some of your favorite picks from that the Patriots made and like. So some of my why, favorite picks. Number favorite? one is Marcus Jones. Go with Marcus like, Jones. Do it go with like two or three of them. Marcus Jones was by far my favorite pick in the entire draft. Um, I was very high on him coming out of college, which is surprising because I, again, don't really watch much college football. Houston, right? Uh, he went to Houston. Um, I had him as my projected Patriot. Um, on Twitter, I literally said like 10 picks before. I said the Patriots stay pat at this pick. I think the Pats are going Marcus Jones. Uh, won the Paul Hornog Award for the most versatile player in college football. All-Pro DB and All-Pro Returner. You know, you lost Gunnar Olszewski. You have you have depth at cornerback, but it's not as deep as you'd like it to be. Um, you know, no more J.C. Jackson, no more Stephon Gilmore. So he can come in and contribute early on, um, both on defense and special teams. So I think he's played a little offense, too. So, you know, he's just that versatile guy who can come in, contribute from day one on, on two of the three f- phases of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, by far, Marcus Jones has been my favorite pick. Um, another one of my favorite picks. Um, I'm gonna. I gotta look at the draft. I liked Jack Jones. I like Jack Jones. Jack Jones. Um, I posted about him yesterday. Um, he was an honorable mention for All Pac-12 last year. Um, he went to USC, had some like academic issues. He robbed a Panda Express, which is I don't know how you rob a Panda <laughs> Express. You're like, give me the wontons. Um, I don't understand. I've never. You been know what he did? Express. He probably went in and took the DoorDash. That people haven't picked up yet. 
A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. That could probably be considered robbery. Someone did that at Duncan this morning. (gasps) Really? Right. Was it Mike? Maybe that's where your Boston (laughs) cream donut went. (gasps) That's true. You didn't get your Boston cream announced. I was sleeping. Anyway. Um, and then he went to some junior college, and then he went to Arizona, Arizona State, and, and was good. He was part of that pretty good defense um, with Chase Lucas and Darian Butler. Um, but the Pats had met with him a couple of times. Um, you know, he's a lanky man-to-man type corner. He has a build of Juwan Williams, and I know I don't really want to say that to scare people. You know, uh, uh, another Juwan Williams, but he has that sort of same build. Uh, lanky guy can play man, um, some zone. I think someone projected him to be our nickel corner, so fifth, sixth corner. Um, you know, I like I like him as again more cornerback depth. Um, mm-hmm. No, and then I mean, no linebackers in this draft. No, no linebackers. I'm more excited about some of the undrafted free agents that we got than some of the late round picks. Like again, we took Chasen Hines and Andrew Stuber, who are two guards. We took them in in the sixth and seventh round. So, you know, I don't really know much about them. But Derek Der- King. Who was the quarterback at University of Miami? That's the most Patriots. Still pick surprised ever. he went undrafted. I think he. I mean, he right, like he's a he's a draftable player, yeah. and you know he can play quarterback, he can play running back, he can play receiver. So if you had, if I had to put money on and say there's one undrafted yeah, rookie to make the team, it's De'Ara King. He's going to be you know not like Julian Edelman where he's going to put up a thousand receiving yards and and like seven touchdowns and win Super Bowl MVP. Huh? They're moving him to receiver. I think he was told that he would play multiple positions in this offense. Oh. I can so see like, him being like a so like, like, taste like, okay. Yeah. Taste I could see that. I think that would work very well. I like think, a goal line, like you know, bring you, him and Mack in. Right. Like, like you have, gonna, right, like there you go. You split out Mack, you put him under like, the behind it's, center. You, it's so many different things where it's, you know. Put a little wildcat too. Right. You can, you can utilize him in a different, different ways. And I think that gives the Patriots offense a lot more. You know, explosiveness. It's it's not the the four four receiver, which I'll hit on in a second. It's not the four four receiver that you want that can blaze sixty yards down the field and catch an eighty yard touchdown. It's someone who can switch up your offensive type schemes, confuse the defense. You know, you split them out wide. You have two quarterbacks. You you line them up in the backfield, and so I think you can run a, a variety of different offensive combinations with De'Ara King. So he is my fa- he's one of my favorites. Um, and then I've gone really. Again, I was confused because Tyquan Thornton isn't a name that jumps out on you, but he jumps jumps off this the TV in terms of his speed. He ran like what, four two eight? Unofficial, unofficial, unofficial. He was by far the fastest receiver in the draft, and also the Patriots drafted the fastest running back in the draft too. So if you want speed, you got speed. Um, he's a lanky guy. He's very tall, but again, I am speed. Right, I am speed. He's like Nikhil Harry. If Nikhil oh, Harry, no, 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 he's like Nikhil Harry. <laughs> If Tyquan Thornton can run, if if, if he's like Nikhil Harry, if Nikhil don't, Harry was don't say that fifty pounds skinnier, don't why could run get, fast why him? and could catch. Couldn't you compare him to AJ? He's just Brown? he's like a six four. Just, he's a big he's, body guy. He's, he's a skinny AJ Brown. Sure, he's go. a skinny AJ. God, we have to talk about him. He's I a taller tried, Justin Jefferson. Remember earlier when I said the patch took a guy that there was the six guys after him were better. I was referring to Nikhil Harry there. I was trying right. not to say his name. Because every episode we said I was we always seem to. Even if it's not, we didn't talk but about I think, the, you know, we people, about the Pats one time. We people were also him. questioning this pick. And they're like, eh, George Pickens was still on the board. Sky Moore was on the board. George, George Pickens, Pickens is a menace. menace. <laughs> yeah. so, so the Patriots at this point were drafting behind the Steelers. Now everyone realizes that the Steelers are like magicians with drafting receivers. Heinz Ward, 
Antonio Brown, Juju, Martavius Bryant, Deontay Johnson. Deontay, I think he might have been undrafted. Oh, well, he anyway, they have Deontay Johnson. They have um. They have a good they had Chase Claypool. They are a receiving breeding ground. Their new receiver coach was Baylor's receiver coach a few years ago. Yeah, that that Baylor re- receiver coach recruited Tyquan Thornton to, to school. And I guess the Patriots were like, the Steelers want this guy. So the Patriots traded up. I have the... They traded for the 50th overall pick. They gave up 54 and 158 for 50. So it's clearly a jump-up move. Yeah. It's clearly to jump over the Steelers. And they took Tyquan Thornton, by far the fastest receiver in the draft, because right after Tyquan Thornton went, like four receivers went in a row. So clearly that started the chain reaction. Of I mean, Tyquan Thornton might have been number one on a bunch of teams' boards. They took Tyquan Thornton, they're like, let's get somebody. Crap, we got to get someone. So yeah. then they go Pickens, they go Alec Pierce, they go Sky Moore. So, you know. It's all right. That, that's how I'm feeling. I'm excited about some of these picks. Some of these picks, I'm like, you know. Whatever. They might have some depth. They're probably going to get cut during final cuts. Um, but I think it's unfair to judge rookies based off where they were drafted. You know, something I'm curious about, and you don't know, hear your opinion, Mike and Seth, is that the Pats took two running backs in this draft. Yeah. After we already had a very, I don't want to say stacked, but we had a pretty deep wide yeah. receiver, you know, running back room. Damian Harris, Ramon J. Stevenson, who just completely broke out in his first year. Mm. You know, got J.J. Taylor, James White's coming back. You know, he's not going to be like, you know, himself like he was right away, but like he's still coming back. And then you got, you know, you bring two two new guys in. So right. thoughts on that? My thoughts on that. First off, we took a running back. That didn't surprise me. The Pats always take, like, day three running backs in the fourth, fifth round. They always do that. They're taking running backs one, replaceable. Taking so one didn't surprise me. Taking a second one surprised me at first. But, you know, after I sort of just let that sink in, I've come to terms with it. And here's why. They let go of Jakob Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Jakob Johnson came out and told some German website that the Patriots told him they would not be using a fullback next season. So now you free up that fullback space to use another running back. So we had the anything. opportunity to have one extra running back. That's mm-hmm. a two running back set right there. Yeah. I think J.J. Taylor is gone. J.J. Taylor oh, yeah, in like three years hasn't contributed much. I think, you know, with Ramondre Stevenson, James White coming back, I think J.J. Taylor is gone. So I think these two running backs, Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State and Kevin Harris out of South Carolina, replace Jakob Johnson and J.J. Taylor as of right now on this team. Now you get James White, who's on a two-year deal, but just came off of a like a torn hip, some hip injury, a hip sub, sublate, subluxation. subluxation. So he might not be 100%. Um, and you have Damian Harris in a contract season. So I think all those factors play into the fact that they took two running backs, they took the fastest one in the draft. Um, so, you know, whether Damian Harris walks, and then you have two young guys on four-year deals that you can have to replace... Again, you have two. You have team control for four years on two young running backs that can replace Jakob Johnson, Brandon Bolden, who left, JJ Taylor, replace him if he's gone. Yeah. Um, so it just gives you more offensive flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they want to have, you know, less offensive linemen and more running backs going into the season, yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, my first response was, why did they take another one? But you know, yeah, I think looking at it, I, it replaces JJ Taylor and a fullback. That's how I look at it. It's fair. It's very fair. Um, this is past the draft. This is post-draft um, possibility. What are your thoughts on James Bradbury? Because there's been reports coming out that he's going to get released. You know, Joe Judge back with the Pats. Right. You know, he had his, his tenure with the Giants. 
you know, uh, 2020 All Pro James Bradbury, you know, veteran corner. Right? corner. Yeah, you can corner. get him. James you Bradbury could probably get him on a cheap vet minimum thing. Right. Fox I don't think on, he's gonna go minimum. No, you don't think? No, he's gonna I don't, want money. I think that the pay, I, it do it, it does depend. Though. I think he's a player that could get could garner a lot of money. However, um, you know, once you come towards the beginning of the season and you start getting desperate for a playing job. For like an actual job, and you're like, I want to play football this yeah, year. Yeah, but the you Giants are getting the Giants are going to give him money. I think. Or wait, I think the Giants were trying to trade him, and if they can't trade him, they're cutting him. Are they? Oh, they're okay. Say like ten mil. That's what I've right. It's, oh. It saves like a lot of money for them. Okay. As of right now, I, I'd I'd love the Patriots to take James Badbury, but I don't think he's getting taken. Um, you know, the Pats still need to sign their entire rookie class, and that requires like one point four million dollars. As of right now, the Patriots have seven hundred sixty-five thousand. I think he's really fast. I think he's good i don't think he's great obviously living with a giants fan and my brother i hear all the time james bradbury's the best corner in the league he's the best corner in the league and i'm like josh just because you know the name doesn't mean they're the best corner in the league but you know i i think he's good i would not want to see him in the afc east unless it's on the jets but that's not going to happen i'm very content with who they have at their as defensive backs but as of right now the patriots have three roster spots under a million dollars in cap space and still haven't signed any of their rookies. I think that's a a sign that they're not going to get any free agents as yeah. of now, unless they make a major cap move, whether it's like extending someone or 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 renegotiating their contract. I think as of right now, they're just going to pick up, you know. Mm-hmm. Some minor guys that went undrafted, fill up to the 90 spot, see if there's any crazy cuts, and then, and then that'll be it. Yeah. You know, I love James Bradbury, but I don't think he's coming here. I can see him ending up on a contender just because mm-hmm. he's a you know later in his career and you know not that we're the James Bradbury show but you know I'd love to see him go to like the Bengals or like a team where he can just kind of be that guy that he was with the Giants but like on a team that actually has a shot at it this year. I think the Giants will definitely be competitive and you know I have to say that for a few reasons mostly because a lot of my hometown friends are unfortunately Giants fans and you know I don't want to put them down after they had such a good draft but you know teams trying to get younger. Um, and I can see Bradbury kind of taking that route of who's going to give me the best chance to win over who's going to pay me. Because, you know, I think players get to a point in their career where they're like, you know what, I've played enough of, you know, mediocre ball. Let's go try to get a championship because, you know, you can make a lot of money. But if you don't want a championship, it kind of leaves like kind of a mark on right. your career. So Right. You can buy a super expensive trophy case, but you have nothing to put in it. Exactly. So... Final thoughts on the NFL draft. Um, any you know shocking picks besides the Pats? Um, I was surprised that Malik Willis fell that far mm-hmm. um, to you know eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, it was a place that people were talking about they might take a quarterback, and they did because he was probably the best player available for like two rounds. Um, it was definitely interesting, but you know I think they still roll with Ryan Tannehill for this year, maybe next year depending on how he plays this year. Um, See, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was like... Uh, help you take your job, bro. Yeah, help you get yeah. your job. He said something about... <laughs> right, uh, he said you didn't want to mentor yeah, him. he's like, why would I mentor him? We're both competing for the starting job, which in my opinion just makes Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's nervous. No, I see. So I understand what he's saying. He's nervous, though, because if, you know, if you're not going to mentor him, then you're, you're curious that he's going to take your job. You think that you're not in a, like, you're not in a locked-up situation. Like, obviously, Mac Jones... The guy welcomes him in because he knows I'm starting this whole year, whether they like it or not. So obviously Tannehill doesn't have that confidence I think, in himself. I think that's a thing where every player 
doesn't go in and they're like, I'm going to mentor this guy. Like, Mac Jones is is not in his head is thinking, I'm not going to mentor Bailey Zappi at all. I don't well, you don't come out and say that, though. Exactly. I think every single player thinks that when they have a rookie draft at their position. I'm sure Brady didn't want to mentor Garoppolo in 2014. Mm-mm. But that's just not something that has ever been said publicly. Something you, you, you'll just be like, you know, I'm glad to have Malik in the in the quarterback room. I look forward to you know competing with him yeah. and against him and and helping this team get better. And and then once they leave, the other guy leaves, they go, yeah, I mentored him. Right, right, right. You d- don't say that you're not going to mentor him now. I don't at just, all because that's just something that now it just looks bad on you. But that's yeah. you can keep that in your head. Just don't say it because then now you look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I think in all sports, some things just don't need to be said publicly. Right, mm-hmm. like you look at. You know, what's his name? Patrick Beverly, who they wanted the play in game, and he's like, "You gotta come through us, like you know, you know, we, you gotta come through us, like you know, it's not like an easy, it's not gonna be an easy walk." And then they got like smacked around by. Right. Beverly. He's so, the most irrelevant, relevant player. Like, or he's the most relevant, irrelevant player. I understand like riding the post game high and like being excited for what you guys accomplished, but sometimes, like, Chill some out. things don't need to be said. Dude. And I think the Pats do a really good job of not publicly expressing the right. problems that they have which as fans were like what is happening like please tell us so we've all talked about in like 10 20 years all the brady drama is going to come out and that's like all the pat stuff and it'll be like a random wednesday be at work be like oh my god like that's why butler didn't play in the super bowl that year and there'll be a bunch what of is it? pat bev goes you got to go through us goes two for eight from the field <laughs> five three. in 33 minutes had 11 boards though which is weird but you get, if you're going to say, come through us, put up double digits. Right. Be someone that they can go through. Yeah. That, yeah, that's important, too. Bob. Don't average less than 10 points in the season and say, you got to come through us. Yeah, like, exactly. Hmm. Like Carl Anthony Towns can say, you got to go through us. Right. Because you got to go through Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not thinking, oh, no. Like, if I'm on the Clippers, I'm not thinking, oh, no. We're facing Patrick Beverly. Oh, no. I mean, oh, sure, he's heavens. a good player, but you're not game planning for Patrick Beverly. No. It seems like the Timberwolves are not game planning for Patrick Beverly either. No. Mm-hmm. Their only game planning is how to get him to shoot less. Right. So to recap everything yeah. we've talked about so far, Celtics, Celtics, Bucks, good series. It's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Bruins. Well, it's either the Bucks or the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, right now there's not. I don't. I don't think there's a favorite. That's what I meant by that. I think that just like whoever wants yeah, to take it right. can. Right. Um, that could also be a thing where it's like from here on out you could have home game only. You know. Yeah. You never know. Well, that's what I'm a little worried about with the Bruins is that if whoever's home wins, right, we're gonna have to have a They're 2011. Gonna have to steal one. Right. You're gonna have to steal. One. You're gonna have to steal one. And that's possible. I mean, you get lucky on the road. You got a good breakaway. You know, hockey is a sport you can't predict. So right. mm-hmm. you can get some weird bounces. Hopefully tomorrow, you know, we'll be able to tweet out that the Bruins have tied the series going back to Carolina. And that it's a, it's a whole new series because well, that, that's all it takes. Tomorrow. It's going to be an early happy Mother's Day. You know, I'm definitely going to just be like focus on the TV, watching the Bruins. But, you know, what can you do? It's just that's how scheduling works sometimes. Yeah. And un- unfortunately, it's finals weeks. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And, you know, all the playoff games are going to come down to these crucial games, and we're going to be supposed to be studying. So just how the the dice fall sometimes. Is that the same? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. My math teacher likes to put questions involving dice and cards. I'm like, why? Who's your math teacher? 
um, Boyd Johnson? Nah, that's not us. Because our teacher also likes playing with cards. Doesn't he have shingles? I I didn't know that that had to be said on the air, but yes, he did. Indeed, he does. Well, I <laughs> don't know what that has to do with cards, but I yes. only bring yes, that up does. because for the first like way to shingle him out. <laughs> All righty, I've then. made that joke <laughs> multiple times. I don't know. I just remember like every time he was like, "Yeah, Matt got canceled." Yeah, Matt got canceled again. He's not here. Yeah, but um, but this is our last math class, right? And I know we're not together, but it's the last time we have to take math. Yeah. Right? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's something to celebrate. Except I got to take, like, an accounting class. Oof. That's tough. Well, that's because you're minor, right? Yeah, business journalism. Like. Business journalism. Yeah. Same here. At least you don't have to take acting. That's true. That, yeah. I, I might find I, myself taking yes, acting Yes, that's anyways. a thing that Seth wants to do. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, that. a me thing. It's a, no, I mean... You're weird for that. You're I don't know. I just weird. don't, like... Oh, dude. To be or not to be? My bad. I'm yeah, just a little worried about, yeah, like, the bad. teacher. You know what I mean? You're, you like, think they're going to be over... Like, yeah. To be or not to be. No, I just don't... I don't want... Like, out there. Outlandish. Eccentric. Eccentric. That's a good word. I want the expectation... Kooky. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Shut up. God. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Are know we just not talking about sports anymore? No, we're at the part of the episode where we ramble, babble about All random, right. well, random junk. It is five oh five, so yeah. we're actually normally the last few episodes have been like hour thirty min. So well, let's mm. cut this one soon because I got to go back and submit something. Someone didn't. <laughs> someone didn't prepare for their news writing. Well, uh, no, I did actually, but you're telling me it's due at six when I swear yeah, it was due at midnight. No, it's due. It's always due at six. She told our class no, she it, told was our it was due at midnight, and then, and she, then she changed her six. mind. So really, oof, that's tough. Have fun. Didn't know. Well, I'm like already almost done. I just need yeah. to add a couple quotes in and then do my source list, and I'll be fine. Anyway, it's been a fantastic first year. Yeah, we'll go what like ten more minutes. Yeah, Celtics are coming back from the half. It could be like five minutes. Um, you know, obviously. This entire year, like Ethan said, it's been really great. Um, we're, t- we're getting to the sentimental part of this episode and this season. But, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot that when the show started, we weren't even friends. and We had met once. Met once. Um, and, you know, just taken, we had both taken advantage of the opportunity to kind of just talk about sports. And it shows how much that, that can bring people together because, you know, the four of us are rooming together next year. Ooh, ooh. And the, the friendship has really blossomed into so much more than just the show. Um, and I think it's just really special that, you know, talking about sports once a week can really do that. So shout out to our family and friends and all the <laughs> listeners. One, Who are basically the same people, yeah, our hey, family you know and listeners. Shout out to family still, slash friends slash listener. Still shout out to the listeners. Appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Anyone that's, you know, told us that they appreciate what we do. That have you know actually taken yeah, time out of their day exactly. to come listen to us talk. And Shout out to my grandma who sends every link of everything I do in a blast email to all of her friends. <laughs> there you go. Shout out grandma. Always so proud of us. So, hey, you know. and for the last time this semester, shout out Big Milk. Shout out <laughs> Big God. Milk. You know we got some 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 uh, Big Milk some projects on the horizon. Maybe start another show up in the fall, a little bit more casual. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to do that more, podcast where we come yeah, in and just, just like talk about random stuff, like yeah, the ladies of the view, but yeah, a good. more a more PC Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, well, not necessarily Joe Rogan because he like always kind of has like a theme to his. Oh, that's true. Things. We're just gonna just shoot the breeze. Yeah, shoot the breeze. Exactly. We're gonna walk in and just. It's just gonna be if anybody's ever uh, heard of like. Um, Tiny meat gang, or like so. What's the, basement the, so yard what's the deal? So like what's that. the deal with uh with airline food? That's just not funny. Right. You just 
There you go. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what we've been doing at the latter half of every episode. <laughs> yeah. If you've enjoyed, you know, the second half, like Mike said. Yeah. Um, That's basically the show is what for we'll you. be doing then, yeah. And, I, you know, I want to get some interviews on here and kind of expand our, our horizons in terms of, you know, have other guys come talk. You yeah. know, athletes that we've, you know, yeah, we have connections with those. Um, and just kind of expand the brand. Um, you know, we've talked about making merch and just kind of getting our name out there. Our poster, as you can see out in the, the main part of the studio, isn't up there, even though I've made it for like three months. So apparently it's gotten printed. I got the word from my source. It's been yeah, printed. Nice. So sometime this week, B&E will be hanging on that wall, um, which is pretty pimping because, you know, got to got to set the standard for... Two, two what each show should be like. P-I-M-P. On that note, final thoughts, boys. Um, thank you guys for having uh, both of us on here. Yeah, I appreciate just uh, you guys letting me just walk in towards the end of the first semester and yeah, let me that. sit in this chair for the rest of the time. You know? My final yeah. thought is the next time we come on the airway, the Patriots are going to be last preseason game, end of preseason. All right. The Eric King will be on the Patriots opening man, opening day roster. Day, or, Week one roster. That's a May fifth, two thousand. Someone who won't be on the opening day roster. May seventh. Mac Jones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones. Is Jared Sidham will be gone. JJ Taylor. JJ Taylor will be gone. And Nelson Aguilar. No, he'll be. Mm. No, you think so? He'll be here. He would have been gone already. Any of the tight ends get cut? And Devin. Dalton Keene will be gone. Devin Asiasi is up in the air. There'll probably be a third tight end. He'll be a third tight end. That's my. Well, what about do they not have uh, Lacoste anymore? Uh, he was on the pre- uh, practice squad last year, and they could have signed him into a futures contract, but they didn't. Okay. And then I was curious, and I was assuming that they would. Um, so I DM'd him, and I go, "Hey Matt, any word on a possible futures contract uh, with you?" And he left me on open. Oof. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay, Lacrosse. Don't worry about it. So I had no. Safe to say that they don't have Matt Lacoste. All right. Well, um, Matt Lacoste has shared his final thoughts. Yeah, he has. He has as well. Um, Very good. Very good, Brendan. But um, (laughs) (laughs) you went through your list. Yeah, it is. It was just saying thank you for having us on uh, the last semester. Appreciate it. All right. Well, yeah. I'll give my final thoughts. I have a few times this episode, but just I appreciate the guys coming in the studio each week given it they're all and really you know having an enthusiastic approach to this um i've always wanted to kind of do a podcast or radio show or something like this and Me you know too. being able to do it with you guys has really been special and i think it's a we have a certain vibe and energy that's kind of hard to mimic i don't know if like some of the other shows kind of have the banter that we have i think we pull off each other really well and banter i probably even know her um <laughs> case in point I think the potential of this show is endless, especially with us living together next year. I think the ideas are going to be flowing a lot, and I think this is a really good group of guys to um, to really develop and grow with. You so, make me cry, Brendan. You know, it's going to be a good summer. The content's going to keep coming out. Dude and, sounds uh, like he's like a coach in a press game listen, interview that just like got lost in that like lost in the playoffs. He's I like, did yeah. just lose in the playoffs during intramural basketball, and I was the captain, so I, I had to do this speech last it week. It was a sense of responsibility. You're like, you know, we're proud of the guys we got in the room. You, you know, know, it's, it's a, a lot of guys. Potentials you know, right? All the they potentials the are there. You know, we have a oh, we have a chance to grow come the summer. Um, mm. But you know, I'm just oh, I'm I'm proud of how we can watch, watch out for us next year. You know, right, we're, right. Scared. We're, we're coming. So we're gonna we're gonna regroup. We're gonna rebuild, and you know, I'm proud of our guys. I don't think we're gonna get any awards on Sunday night at the WQAQ. Um, 
meeting. We might. We might get some awards. I don't know, though. Right? So we're getting slept on. I don't think we're getting any awards. We're probably not going to get any We're awards. coming in the fall. I'm going to enjoy the pizza, though, tomorrow. Yeah. And and pizza. Some pizza. If we win anything, then... You know, I was wrong. So but be it. Yeah, that's whatever. our that's our goal for the fall. Let's win some awards. Let's whatever. Let's do the flack and stuff. Let's go. All right, boys. All righty. One last well, time. Round of applause for a great year. How about that? Yeah. For the last time in the 21-22 semester, I'd like to thank you for coming to B&E Boston Sports Radio. Yo, 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 yo. That's got to be a fellow. It's been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> As and Brendan closes his laptop. We look forward to the future so much. Yeah, but stay, keep a lookout for the uh, summer stuff. But uh, yeah. thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic yeah. time. Yeah, you guys want to keep updated with uh, what we do, follow b and on Twitter. Follow B-N-E. B-N-E. B-N-E on Twitter B-N-E. and then B underscore. B-N-E. B-N-E. B-N-E underscore on, no, it's B-N-E radio underscore. On Instagram? And Twitter. And, and Twitter. Twitter. Okay, perfect. You know, follow us on, B-N-E on radio Instagram and Twitter if you just want do to. B-N-E. Just follow us. Yeah, just don't need to. make a Patreon. So people can pay us. Yeah, when we get a podcast, (laughs) we'll make a Patreon when we get the podcast. How about that? You know, I I saw Brendan was about to say, you know, I'm going to give this show 11 out of 5 Marones. Marones. Take care, bro. Shit.